This is the Truth Network. Hidden treasures of the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Oh, what a treat we have for you today, O ye daughters of Jerusalem. (laughs) Yes. Well, what God has shown me this morning is just spectacular, and I'm so excited to share with you as we are in the third chapter of the Song of Songs in pursuit of what are these statutes that were spoke of in the 119th Psalm that we might, (laughs) our hearts would rejoice in so many different ways. And so I think we're going to get there in a a lot of ways today. So as we are now in the fifth verse, uh, which certainly is connected in so many different ways to the previous chapter and also in the previous verse. So when I we left our episode yesterday, uh, we had talked about the end of the fourth verse, which said, until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber that had of her that conceived me. In other words, he wouldn't, excuse me, the bride would not let him go until she had taken him into her house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. And as I pondered that a lot yesterday and I pondered it and pondered it and I pondered it some more and I have come to a conclusion that I like and I especially like it because it was where Spurgeon fell on this as well, that the chamber of her that conceived me, uh, as we talked about, as we were born again, what, what, you know, where was that exactly? And I thought about it just this morning as I was reading Spurgeon, uh, by the way, I'm going to the copy of his sermon on these verses is is word for word on these verses, and it's just spectacular. And so I'm going to put that in my show notes. If you want to read that sermon, I I just think it's beyond awesome. But it was definitely his belief that that chamber is the church. And I am in total agreement with him as I have thought about it and thought about it that in Peter's confession, right, when he said, you know, you are the Christ, and Jesus said, and on that confession, I will build my church. In other words, when we confess that, that is when we were brought into the church, and so that is the house, no doubt, of God that we live in today. And I love what Spurgeon, I love, love, love what Spurgeon talked about, like, are you bringing Jesus to church with you? (laughs) In so many different ways. And that, you know, when we um, are totally in love and, and, and we're doing where we ought to be as far as our relationship individually with Jesus, as Spurgeon would talk about, as you meet with him on your own, as you've gotten past, you know, and, he, and Spurgeon said this so beautifully, I hope that you reach Jesus without my help because, you know, you got to get past the watchman to where your own individual, where you grab hold of him and you take him to church with you. I mean, I love, love, love that. And then it's followed by the verse we're we're studying today, which is, I charge ye, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and the hinds of the field, that ye stir not or awake love till it please. And so that's not exactly the King James Version. That's a little bit of the Robbie Standard Version, (laughs) because I, I, I think it's important that we translate it correctly, um, because of the genders that are involved with those things. So to get to this, what, what Spurgeon, and I love what he, what he talked about. I, I, I have another take on it, but it's interesting when you look at what Matthew Henry said about the rose and the hinds of the field, what, 
what Rashi said about the rows and the hinds of the field, what the Jews teach about that, and now what Spurgeon has to say is that the, what we talked about, it's right exactly this exact same words that come in chapter 2. And they come, if you might recall, when she said, oh, I am sick with love. In other words, she was seeking Jesus with her whole heart. I'm sick with love. Comfort me with flagons and or, or uh, stay me with flagons and comfort me with spreads of apples. Right? It's right before that, that that he puts his left hand under her head and then his right hand doth embrace her. And then he charges, then she charges you with the same charge right then in the second chapter. Well, interestingly, you know, here she was sick with love again on her bed, right? She sought him, she went into the city, and right after she got past the watchman, then she found and had a hold of her beloved. And once again, from the point of being in her arms or him being, or, you know, her being in his arms, that's where you get this charge again. And so here comes that charge exactly again in exactly the same way. And again, I love what Spurgeon teaches about this, that the rose and the hinds of the field are very skittish animals. And apparently back in the day, people used to keep them as pets. And the least little clap of the hands or whatever, and you scare them away. I mean, they're very, very skittish animals. And the point he was making was that Jesus you know, if, if you bring him to church with you in an improper way, that he runs from the church. And, and I actually really love what he taught about um, the idea that if you um, touch the Ark of the Covenant in an improper way, <laughs> you know, like, like David's friend did that ended up getting killed, or that uh, Ananias and Sapphira, when they lied to the church in their own way, they touched the ark in a way that was improper and they immediately died because they're getting to this place where Jesus is a very jealous lover. <laughs> and it's a holy, holy, holy place. And if you touch it improperly, you know, you will get sick and die as you know Paul made reference to those that he's seen in the church who becoming sick and, and, and literally dying, and I don't know how much you've been in ministry, but as I've seen it, oh my goodness, I, I've watched people as they would appear to be so on fire for Christ, and then the next thing you know, they get sick and they die. If they don't die physically, they certainly die spiritually, and we don't see them anymore, and they just don't come. And, and, and so when you think about that, and you think about and if we climb to 30,000 feet for a second and think about what it was teaching in the second chapter, so clearly it was all about the season. It was all about the season. And so the season has to be exactly right. That, that you know, as, as the beloved said, you know, the time of the singing birds has come, the feet, the green uh, figs are green, and and the and the vines are giving forth their smell. In other words, love has got to please; it's got to be delighted. And so, it falls down on this word. At the, in my opinion, it falls down on this word that is the word delight. That ends the you know unless you know don't awaken the love or stir it until it delights. And so when you look at that word in Hebrew, I really think it gives us an understanding that's critical to our search for this idea of statutes that, in other words, we're in search of throughout this whole thing because the, the word delight starts with the same letter, het, which has to do with your union with Christ. And so, yes, that's very much <laughs> where love happens, right? It's right there in that union. 
And then if you look at the word delight, which is what we're supposed to not awake until it, it is delighted, is this union, and then you have a pay. Okay, so you have the het we've talked about and talked about. But then there's a pay, which means literally the presence of God and your presence too. In other words, if, if, if you're going to talk to Christ, um, if you're going to be in communion with him, you got to be completely present, and he's got to be completely present in 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 all that has to do with your whole heart, and and completely there. That letter pay um, is is very much connected to a wholehearted idea. But the last letter may be well the key to what we're talking about here, and that letter in the word delight, interestingly, ends in azadi. In other words, that letter that means right, that means righteousness, right? If you looked, if you remember, the Zaddy section of the 119th Psalm has to do with things being right. And so you can't touch the ark unless it's right. And you can't have a love relationship with Jesus unless it's right or he's going to snip off the vine, okay? And that's just exactly what happens. And so to have delight, it needs to be right, you need to be with the right person. <laughs> You've got to be in person, and, and you have to be doing these things right. And only then do you really feel the complete delight that love should bring. And so what this charge is, is there she is. She's finally in the place that she has longed for, but it is the right place, and it is exactly the right time right? The time of the singing birds has come, okay? Jesus was calling her, right? You got to, you know, so finally she gets up. Finally, she finds him. She, she, she hangs on to him. She brings him to church, and it is exactly the right place and the right time with the right person, okay? And, you know, you, when you get the whole picture like that, I hope you see this because I'm, I'm unfortunately in our lives, I mean, I, I can think of if I can't die to myself, then I can't get to the ark, right? If I can't be holy, I, I, I need to die to myself and, and let my, my self-interest. And unfortunately, what I've seen people that get so hurt in the church, it was about them. They were living in a smaller story, and however it worked out in their life and, and their hearts weren't... Um, had been cleansed by God, which he desperately wants to help us get cleansed by God. But as we get more cleansing, we get more wholehearted, and only when we're wholehearted can we truly come to this place of the ark. And this is, it's, this is hard work. And so, you know, without using names, I was in a ministry, and, and the ministry grew, and it prospered, and it was just absolutely beautiful. And then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, one of the members just touch the ark from my perspective with self-promotion in mind or where it was about him. I don't know how you put it other than that. It just seemed to be. But nonetheless, what happened is it just exploded. Oh my goodness. I watched, you know, Jesus, it was like Spurgeon said, man, the the hinds flew and and everybody I mean I can't I can't even think of all the hearts that got broken as this happened. However, I will point out that God continued to restore that. And he continued to bring all the players back to, to, to continue to seek him. And, 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 and interestingly, the, the ministry is bigger and more vibrant than ever. And, and I see that completely Jesus returned 
but it requires all of us within the ministry bringing Jesus to church with us. In other words, based on the light that he gave you in in times where you had completely died to self and arrived there at the ark in your heart, right? Where, where you have a testimony where you saw him and he is working on your soil, right? And, and he is planting those seeds that they will bear much fruit. And it's an absolutely spectacular picture of the garden. And, of course, the rows and the hinds of the field are there. <laughs> and I love that my, my own interpretation, of course, is rows and hinds only come in season, you know, when they're in season. And if you... If you they, they only do things when they are in the right time. And so with the right place, with the right person. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much for listening. God bless. God bless.